0: coming up on Garden Talk.
1: If you're at 5.8, you have access to everything. Your plant has access to everything. That's one of the things I love about hybrid hydroponics and deep water culture is that I mix it and I have full control and I know what's happening. Cracky is a fantastic growing method, but it's limited for certain plants. Changing the reservoir, the advice is anywhere from weekly to every two weeks. When I fill up my hydro buckets, I always fill them up one to two inches Below the bottom of the net pot. It's not for advanced growers, it's for new growers, this is because it takes the grower out of the equation. How many times have you ever overwatered a plant or underwatered a plant? When you grow in deep water culture, that doesn't exist. There's no watering.
0: What's up, everybody? If you that don't know me, my name is Chris, aka Mr. Grow It and you're tuned into the Garden Talk Podcast, this episode number 36. In this episode, I interview Mitchell from Visionary Hydroponics. He has been gardening for seven years, and he's the creator of the Hydro Bucket, a deep water culture hydroponic system. He talks all about deep water culture, DWC, and recirculating deep water culture, our DWC. This has been a highly requested topic from you, the listeners, so I'm super excited to bring you this one today. Thanks to all of you who support this podcast through Patreon. If you'd like to support you can do so by going to patreon.com slash MrGrowIt. Before we get into it, I want to acknowledge that one of my goals for this podcast is to bring zero cost for information about gardening, all plants, to the general public. That being said, I'd like to thank the sponsors of this podcast who helped make that goal possible. Spider Farmer is a sponsor of the podcast. Coupon code MrGrowIt5 will get you a discount on their products. They're most known for their LED grow lights, but they also have other products such as Grow Tents, inline fans, and carbon filters. I've used their SF1000, SF2000, and SF4000 LED grow lights in the past, and I got some great results with them. I will leave a link to Spider Farmer's Amazon store down in the description section below. And don't forget to use coupon code MRGROWAT5 for a discount on their products. Big shout out to AC Infinity for sponsoring this podcast. AC Infinity is well known to produce high quality products and provide excellent customer service. They have the thickest grow tent on the market today, inline fans with a controller that can automatically turn on and off according to specific set points. They have seedling mats, trimmers, drying racks, and several other products that you can use in your garden. I will leave a link to AC Infinity down in the description section below, and you can use discount code MRGROWIT during checkout for a discount on their products. Thanks to Dutch Pro for sponsoring this podcast. Dutch Pro products are now available in several countries across the world. For those of you that don't know, Dutch Pro is a plant fertilizer company that has base nutrients, additives, and pH regulators. They have different formulas of base nutrients for if you're in soil or if you're in hydro or cocoa. They also formulate their base nutrients for if you're using hard water or if you're using RO or soft water. I will leave a link to Dutch Pro's Amazon store down in the description section below, and you can use coupon code MRGROW10DP for a discount on their products. All right, we are back. Welcome to the Garden Talk podcast. Today, I am joined with Mitchell from Visionary Hydroponics. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Was, uh, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, my voice is a bit raspy, so I kind to apologize to the listeners in advance. I was in a very smoky environment over the weekend, and it just got to me. So <laughs> lost my voice and a little bit raspy here. Hopefully, you guys can stick through it. Luckily, I'm not going to be doing... Most of the talking, Mitchell's going to be doing most of the talking today, which is a good thing. We're going to be talking all about hydroponics. So this is a highly requested topic. I've had so many people over the past 30 something episodes that I've done so far, just DWC, DWC, RWC, RWC, hydroponics. So we're going to get into that today. Actually got a, most of these questions came from me, but I did have quite a few people submitting questions through Instagram. So thank you to everyone who had submitted questions in through Instagram. A lot of great questions that you guys submitted in, and this episode is gonna be awesome because I think we cover so much in detail. To all of you that wanted this DWC episode, I think you're gonna like this one a lot. So I personally don't grow. In DWC or any type of hydroponics, I have my concerns of my reasons is for not doing it, which I think we'll address today, which we'll go over. Maybe they aren't actually legitimate concerns, and I'm just overthinking things. But yeah, we'll get on to that later on into the episode. But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into gardening?
1: Sure. Uh, first off, thanks for having me so much. I, you know, I really appreciate uh, people who bring knowledge to to uh, uh, people to grow at home, uh, to grow in different ways, to grow different things. Uh, We're in an opportunity in the world now that, that, yeah, I mean, a lot of opportunities are opening up for us. So uh, thanks for having me on and and just, you know, sharing all the knowledge and what you do. Um, So I got into gardening uh, a few years ago. Um, It was pre-legalization. You know, I've always grown plants. I've always had house plants, but I just kind of let house plants, I keep them alive. I don't grow them so much. But pre-legalization in Canada, when legalization was announced, I immediately knew I was going to grow medical plants. I've always wanted to, I've always had a, 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 a thing there. So I went out and I bought the Grow Bible and uh, I started reading and I came on to deep water culture. Uh, and so two years before legalization, I just started growing deep water culture in my basement getting familiar with it growing tomatoes peppers cucumbers anything that i could so i knew when legalization happened you know i had some experience and i was just going to roll
0: with it and and that's what happened yeah and i've been growing ever since awesome so we'll get into that deeper hydroponics in particular so you said deep water culture a lot of people call it dwc yes. what is DWC? dwc and then there's also R dwc can you talk to us about those two things
1: Sure yeah so the difference is is uh, it's one style of, of hydroponics, hydroponics there's lots of different styles. Deep water culture and recirculating deep water culture are the two is what we're talking about. And a deep water culture is essentially a plant that is in some sort of medium suspended above a solution and then that solution contains just the roots. There's nothing else down there except for roots and nutrient solution and airstone, being and oxygenating the air, and and, and that's all. Uh, and then how, what separates a deep water culture from recirculating deep water culture is exactly that is a recirculating system. If it's just deep water culture, it's just one container, and there's no pumps or anything. Nothing's moving. It's deep water culture. If it's a recirculating deep water culture, it's still a deep water culture. Same principles apply, except now there's water moving typically to an external reservoir. And there's reasons, and uh, I mean, differences between having and pluses and minuses of having an external reservoir versus simply just having everything contained in one uh, uh, container.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And now what equipment is needed? You said for DWC, it's just kind of a bucket in itself. I'm sure you need like a, a net pot. Within the net pot, there is a medium. Can you talk to us like in detail about what the different pieces of equipment are needed for those setups?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, for deep water culture, you're going to need a few basic things. You're going to need a bucket, something to con- 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 hold your your fluid. You're going to need something to hold your plant and your medium. And you're going to need an air pump, an air stone, and an airline. and And that's it. That really is all that you need. Uh, of course, then you need your nutrients and all the other stuff, but. Um, those are the basics and you can really get into deep water culture, uh, for, it's quite an affordable thing, um, to get into, but it's a little bit intimidating. Um, I think everybody can, can speak to that. Right. So,
0: and so within those net pots, you can put. Different types of mediums, right? You can do the clay pellets, or clay balls, right? Hydroton, or you can do cocoa. Can you do soil? Can you do perlite? Can you do different types of medium within that net pot, or does it have to be a certain type?
1: Right. Yeah. So, uh, so typically, what you need for deep water culture is you, you, you're suspending your plant above your nutrient solution, right? Your nutrient solution below is just roots, just just uh, aerated solution. And I would say, you know, about two thirds of your plant is submerged in that. That's your consumption section of your roots. Your upper portion of your roots is enclosed in a net pot, some form of apparatus. Some people call them the top hat. Those are the ones that are large that contain the structure that holds the medium. So that is either going to be hydroton, which is the clay pellets. It could be rock wool. uh, That's an inert medium that's up there as well. You could technically use anything to hold the plant above in the net pot Uh, uh, but you don't want to be making your solution dirty if you're using cocoa or you're using soil or anything like that it can be done but it's not ideal Uh, it doesn't work well it's best to keep everything really nice and clean and uh, um, go with the inert mediums
0: okay gotcha yeah that makes sense i did even think about that it could dirty the water if you're using something like soil right it just drips down in there so that right, makes sense for right. why the people are using the hydroton clay poly- balls and stuff like that because that doesn't really drip down in, in there or anything so um,
1: right and, and that's one of the things is getting away from i found getting away uh to, to not introduce soil every time i've tried to introduce soil or or cocoa uh just for the experience in my garden i, I find other things come accompany with it uh, you know, when you're just dealing with rock wall and you're doing with hydroton or an apparatus, say that doesn't use medium at all, uh, you, you now don't have to do, you're not introducing any organic, uh, critters, right? There's, 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 there's nothing alive coming into your garden. It's all washable. And, uh, so, uh, the pests are really, uh, easier to c- control, uh, in that matter
0: gotcha now you mentioned air stones so that's one way of doing it. you know you have air stones within the bucket it is oxygen that yeah. water that's key that's going to one one thing that's going to help prevent you know something like root rot you know what i mean Plithium, i think it's called is is the actual name of the the bacteria in there that that causes the harm there's also the right. crack key method which i believe is just there's no air stones right correct me if i'm wrong the roots are just sitting yes. in the bucket so you can actually get away with not using air stones at all can you talk to us about? the differences between the two, like kind of the pros and cons of Airstones versus the crack key method?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so crack key is a, a fantastic growing method, but it's limited for certain plants. The principle of crack key method is that you can mix a nutrient solution and uh, you could put your plant in your medium in your con- lid and then put that lid in your mixed solution in a in a container and then there's no oxygenation there's no disturbance there's no ph balancing there's no addition of anything what you mix and what you put into that container is going to have everything the plant needs to get it to harvest so that's really cool but it's only applies to certain things your leafy vegetables uh, and nothing that has to have a transition in its nutrient uh, uh, regime. So if you have a plant that needs vegetative nutrients and then has to switch to bloom nutrients exclusively and has different nutrients that is changing uh, 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 for effect, that's not going to work with cracky because you're obviously working that. And something that's a, a, a very long uh, um, and uses you know intense amount of nutrients and stuff is not going to work for cracky. But it is cool. There is ways to use it for Different plants, and uh, um, also with uh, you know cloning medical plants. It's uh, there's some neat things to do with Kratky. So,
0: okay, gotcha. Now, one of the top questions I had through Instagram was, "Can you grow organically using DWC?"
1: Right, Uh, and that is, I would love to be able to grow in a pure organic sense. You know, that is just something that people. It's a big box to check for a lot of people. That's the uh, one thing that allows people to really get into living soil and and, uh, organics uh, and and just pursue that. I'm testing some nutrients right now, some fertilizers, and they are an organic line. Uh, But again, I'm just testing that right now. Uh, I don't use it uh, uh, because I found with organics, even introducing organic amenities, you risk the run or you don't risk. I mean, you have accumulation is what it is. You have, you have, you have to think of your water solution that you have as your deep water culture solution and you have your roots and everything in there. And when you have organics that are physical compounds that are in there, um, you have to be careful how many things you add that create uh, uh, you know, sticky into the water, right? Uh, That film, you you can only handle so much. And then at a certain point, I don't know, understand all the science, but anytime I've tried it, it's just, you get an accumulation of gunk, you get a, and, and that goes in the opposite direction of when you don't, it's just nice and clean and white. Right? You know everything that's happening. that's one of the things I love about hybrid hydroponics and deep water culture is that I mix it and I have full control and I know what's happening. Organics, I'm working on it. I, I think in year, in years to come uh, there's, and who knows, maybe very shortly there there will be some great organic products that work really, really well. Um, that's around the corner, but right now, for ease of use, especially for new growers, I stick to uh, you know some semi-organic stuff um, that's just fully dissolvable. So it's all about
0: dissolvable, right? Okay, that makes sense. And just kind of talking more about nutrients, I know like some organic lines they're very thick. You mentioned sticky; they're going to clog the actual lines of the hydroponic system, right? So. Are there any? Can you talk about some nutrient lines, maybe that you recommend that Mm -hmm. won't actually clog the lines?
1: Yes. Uh, If we're talking about, and we're talking about a recirculating system specifically, right? And here's here's you know the, the again going back to the difference between recirculating deep water culture and deep water culture. Deep water culture has its advantages because there's nothing to there's nothing moving. There's no pumps happening in your house. There's no external reservoir with lines and pressure and Crevices and cleaning in between grows. It's just a bucket, right? That's the hydro bucket. That's why. That's why we we made it. it. It's kind of getting away from that recirculating system, so you don't have accumulation. You have it all right in front of you, available to interact with. Um, and 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 this, I think, may lend to more, you know, going down that line of organics and uh, 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 using stuff that is a little more gunky um, because you can, you can manage it on an individual basis per plant, right? And you have access down in front of the roots. You can actually see the roots uh, as per design of the hydro bucket and the deep water culture vessel that it is. Um, but right now I use crop salts. Uh, anything that is a, you know, any liquid will work well you know, like so many people, I started off with GH3 part, right? Um, And then a lot of people start there and they start going up to maybe some nice expensive stuff like advanced nutrients. Uh, You know, they work great. There's so many great nutrients out there, Uh, Canadian companies, American companies, uh, European companies. Uh, But also, then you can get into some nice dry nutrients where for new users, it's very nice and eco- economical where you get a couple sacks, they're going to last you a year. Uh, and you just don't have to measure multiple things per when you're mixing up your solution, you just get to go so many grams of A, so many grams of B, and you're done. And that's the same throughout your grow, you just dilute it with water. Um, so the big thing with nutrients it really doesn't matter which one you choose as long as it's fully dissolvable that's what you're looking for it dissolves 100% and there is it just looks like a nice clean water after maybe there can be color i mean some of many of them manufacturers use color um and again that can stain your roots and make people think oh no my roots are brown or orange or whatever but you know if you just choose a nice white fully dissolvable nutrient line then you'll just always be impressed with how they look
0: so you can use liquid or powder as long as it's fully dissolvable and then you're just kind of dumping them into your dwc system with the existing water that's already in there or you're putting into a bucket diluting it down then dumping that bucket of water into your dwc system right
1: yeah i mean so 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 you know i treat our RDWC and DWC, there's a couple of things that I've come across uh, over the years, uh, especially now that I have hydro buckets in my garden. Uh, you know, I the whole reason that I created the hydro bucket was uh, because I, here's here's what happened with my with with growing um, is that I started growing like a lot of people. I chose deep water culture because I heard of how how awesome it is. I, it worked for me that I could grow in my basement. I could be clean, right? There's no, there's no coming and going with soil and mixing and stuff. I didn't have room for that. Uh, uh, I could grow my four medical plants and deep water culture worked for me. So I went out like anyone, I'm, 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 I'm a home grower and I don't want to just go out and spend lots of money. And this is one of the challenges of deep water culture and hydroponics in general is if you wanted to enter hydroponics, there was a, a pretty good price tag to that, right? Especially a recirculating system. You're either going to spend quite a bit of money on a recirculating system, or you're going to go a DIY route. And so that's what I did, is I went the DIY route. Uh, I, this is one of the very first buckets that I made. I went and got the bucket for five bucks. I drilled the thing, I got the grommet, you know. Uh, but a lot of people, are. are you, we're talking about a DIY people versus Growing people, right? And not everybody has a drill. Not everybody has a, all these things. So, so deep water culture has kind of been overlooked um, for that reason, right? But what happened was, after going into getting this, I found I have to lift my plants. I have to. I have to jeopardize yield every time. I have to change this nutrient solution, I have to lift a big tomato plant or a a pepper plant or cucumber plant uh, and and it's a bit of a disaster to be able to get into here. Uh, So what do you do to solve that is you go to a circulating system, you hook up plumbing to your buckets so you have an external reservoir outside of your tent, outside of your environment. So now you can service all of your nutrient solution that's going through all four plants from your external reservoir, right? And and that 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 works well because now you can scrog your plants. You don't have to worry about uh, loss of harvest because you never have to lift the top anymore to access for fluid changes or anything, right? It's all controlled in the external reservoir. So that's what I did. Um, is is I grew in a recirculating system but then I just found that that I was still using all DIY stuff and there wasn't uh, there's just there had to be something better than just a pail than a bucket right. and so that's uh, yeah so that's so that's when we made the hydro bucket right that's why we made the hydro bucket and we and we made access to it and so essentially what what this did was we want access to the, to the growing container, and we don't want to lift the top, so we put a reservoir outside of the tent. So we've just moved the reservoir and attached it right onto the hydro bucket, right? I mean, so now with a hydro bucket, we don't need plumbing. We don't need an external reservoir outside the tent. Let's just put another tent beside that tent, <laughs> right? Uh, because now we can have our plants on top and they can be scrogged, they never have to be lifted. They're treated just like a dirt plant. You never have to disturb it and you have access just like you have an external reservoir, but it's on the side. So there's a lot of benefits to doing this and getting into just skipping the recirculating system.
0: For those that are listening and don't see the actual visual, he held up just your normal, at first he held up your normal five gallon bucket that you'd get from like Home Depot or Lowe's and it kind of had a kind of a p- pipe attachment to the side. And then he showed up his hydro bucket, which is a product that he created and it kind of has like a lip. I guess is kind of the best way for that I can think to explain, unless you have a different words to explain that lip, but it gives you a, a way to access the inside without really you're not really having to remove a a top at all right you can kind of just kind of get in there without having to lift up the plant like you had mentioned so
1: yeah that's it 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 it, it allows you to uh uh, access uh the reservoir solution get in there and check your ph because here's the thing if you're growing in a bucket uh how do you test your ph in your reservoir you know in a convenient and, and functional way, because because you have to keep uh, you have to test your pH and you have to check uh, uh, te- keep the parameters of your nutrient solution in check, just like your environment, right? It's everything. It's it's about when you're growing plants. If you give them the right environment, they will grow well. And there's two environments. There's your root environment of your plant, whether if you're soil or cocoa or hydro, it doesn't matter. You still have a temperature and a water and you're managing that environment and you're managing your plant environment. That's your light and your humidity and your temperature. So we have to manage that. We need an easy way to get into our solution and check it. We need to be able to remove fluid from it and put new fluid in. So when we when, when you're only using a 5 gallon bucket or a DIY job it's very difficult to get in there you have to disturb that top you have to lift it and move it and it can be done but it's not really very convenient uh with the hydro bucket the externally the external reservoir that is fluidly coupled sharing the same walls and bottom <laughs> is one way to explain it 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 is a 5 gallon bucket with more space added and that external reservoir on the side has a lower access point. Uh, uh, so you can see your roots, you can see inside, you can see what's happening uh, and you can access it comfortably. You can drop a hose in there, you can use a water pitcher, you can use your put your pH pens and your EC pens in there and test on a regular basis, all without ever touching your plant. So ever lifting it. So essentially, you know, we we made recirculating systems without all the pumps and pressure.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, viewer question yeah. was, you know, if you're not doing our DWC and you don't have the hydro bucket, right? You with the typical five gallon bucket. What's the easiest way to remove the water from the buckets?
1: You know, I use a pony p- pony pump anyway. Uh, when 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 you get into hydroponics, there's a certain thing, few things that you need that are just going to make your life really nice and going to help you. I mean, just, just grow in a way that's. I say, let the pumps do the work, you know, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to lift anything anymore. And this is just well-suited for certain people, certain growth styles, certain ages. I mean, there's a lot of people who can't carry big bags of whatever in and out of their house, up and downstairs. So, hydroponics allows you to plug a pump in and let it do all the lifting um, so yeah I, I love a pony pump with a small end that you just drop in uh, uh and it sucks it out and then you can uh, add to your uh your your vessel your water vessels again right to top everything up um, but it's it's more than just the add and removing um with a pony pump
0: okay gotcha Let's flip it up. Let's talk about water. So water, why did I say it like that? Water, water. (laughs) Let's talk about water. What is the type of water that's ideal to use for this?
1: You know, the best results that I've had are reverse osmosis water, uh, RO water. It's just, it's just costly to create all RO water. Um, you, you know, you, you have to, you need an RO system and, uh, um, Uh, There is some waste involved uh, with it. Um, It works the best, but it's not required. Uh, I don't use RO water. Uh, Again, I found my best results were coming from it, but I couldn't grow at the... Uh, level at the, si- uh, the size of my garden. I just couldn't keep up with that amount. Uh, uh, I'm still a home grower and I'm not ready to spend a few thousand dollars on a massive RO system. <laughs> That's out of reach for me right now. Uh, so so I'm just, uh, I'm using tap water and I'm sure to aerate it. It comes from, it's a municipal water source. I put it in a thousand liter tote. Uh, so it sits there, has the, the chance to off gas uh, and then that, that's where I start. So uh, um, I have good results with it. Results will be better if you do use reverse osmosis
0: water. When you say off-gas, are you talking specifically about chlorine? Exactly.
1: You're going to have chlorine um, and you're going to just... Um, you have that smell to the water when you get it. Obviously, it's treated right out of the facility when it comes out of your tap. You know, for it is here. So once you leave it sit for a week, uh, or you put a bare stone in there, you can smell that, that smell goes away. And, um, you know, it's just something that you can do to and, and there are other small, there are some, some products that exist out there at our local store, hardware store. There is a, uh, I couldn't tell you what it is, but it was a fairly affordable product that changed tap water, made tap water suitable for plants and animals. Um so I'm sure it's something that busts up the, uh, uh, the, the chlorine bond and maybe just helps it dissipate from the water. Um, r- because really I think that's what we're trying to do is we don't want water that is going to kill live things. That's all we're really looking for. What's in the water is important. You know, if you have a water source that is, 400 parts per million that's what it's starting at well that's a problem uh, because it contains a lot of stuff already right reverse osmosis you take everything else you're starting at zero so this is why it works so much better is you have all the space in your water your water is essentially empty consider consider your water is your 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 uh, obviously your fluid but it's it's what you're delivering to your plant as your your battery so when you start at zero or you start at 50 uh parts per million you can let's say you, you're building it up to 1000 parts per million for your plants that's 1000 parts per million that you have full control over if you're starting at 400 you have all kinds of stuff in there you might already have high levels of magnesium and calcium or who knows what so when you're just adding your three part or your nutrients to 400 you don't you know it's 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 problematic most tap water you know most people you're going to be one to 200 and that's fine, uh, as long as it's not actively killing everything it comes in contact with, like chlorine does. Right? It's meant so to, to keep to harbor any beneficials. So your water's not alive. Well, we want our water to be alive. We don't want it to be dead. So we want our water to allow, be uh, to come and either RO out the chlorine and the stuff that kills beneficials in the water or we want it to aerate it and just get that chlorine out of it and then it's just water
0: so we do need to get the chlorine out of it because you know chlorine kills off beneficial microbes it also kills off the bad microbes right hydroponics a sterile environment anyways and we don't really rely on that beneficial bacteria to uptake nutrients at the roots so on and so forth or, or what
1: Right. Well, so there's two ways to grow. Um, We're not, we we don't necessarily keep it. I don't grow in a sterile environment. I know there are other other companies that do it very well, do it very well, but that lends to the big hydroponic recirculating systems that that are in the industry. Um, You know, they're at an industrial standard where you have, what, how many How many plants hooked up, how many vessels to your recirculating system? 10, 20, 50, right? You know, you can't afford contamination anywhere, period. Uh, and a lot of the uh, uh, regulations don't allow for it. I mean, you have to prove that you can grow... Here in Canada, where where, where you, you you're not going to jeopardize uh, a large crop of plants uh, with something. So being sterile on that level in a recirculating system is extremely important, I think, but not necess- necessary. The how I grow is with a live environment. I don't sterilize. I start with water. Again, I'll start with with with. Uh, um, know i start with my aerated tap water that's been sitting in my my thousand liter tote and then i'll mix that into a hundred liters and that does one of my flower rooms that'll do uh, you know five six seven eight nine about eight or eight or nine hydro buckets is one of my flower rooms so i'll mix 100 liters at a time and uh my, my starting point, I start sterile and, and that is true just to make sure the water going in and there's, there's nothing harboring in there. So I start with a, uh, uh, sil- acid, uh, or, a uh, like, a uh, magnesium sulfite. Um, and so what that does is th- there's some benefits there for the plant, but it also puts a, P- a pH spike and makes it quite, um, uh, off the scale and, and and not you know great for anything to be in. Um, so that's where you always start in that direction. And then you add your, your nutrients to that. Once the nutrients are in there, uh, then I will bring the pH into balance. Once the pH is in balance, then I'll add some microbes. I'll add microbial mass, um, and I'll add some uh, hygrozyme uh, root, enzymes. So these are living things. So you want to make sure your pH is in check and it's a, not a hostile environment. Otherwise you're just, they're just going to get fried, right? So once I add those, then I put those, then I feed out of that thousand liters or a uh, hundred liters and I just pump into my hydro buckets and they, that is their feed for the week.
0: Okay, gotcha. That was actually a question was, can't you use beneficial microbes in DWC? And you just answered that, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Right. Now, what about the water level? What should the water level be within the system?
1: The water level is important, definitely, but it's more important in a recirculating system. In the recirculating system, you want that water level to never go above a certain level. So that's two to three inches below the bottom of your net pot. Right. And basically what we're looking at it is that you, the top portion of the plant has to breathe. Right? This is the whole dry out principle of of drying out plants. Right. Is it has to dry out from the top down because that top third is really where the root the plants are, uh, have a different process than the uptake portion. That's the below. Um, so two to three inches below, always from the bottom of the net pot. You don't go above that in a recirculating system if you're in a deep water culture then you can and i say that just because not on not on on good garden practice not on regular practice when i fill up my hydro buckets i always fill them up to about what again one to two inches below the bottom of the net pot and then but sometimes i'm going away and it's not a static environment i know that that fluid level is going down it's going down pretty drastically in certain times in, in the growth cycle uh, uh, with with uh, uptake of different plants. So I know that if I want an extra day, then I will fill it up right to the bottom of a net pot. I'll get that extra two inches in there. Why not? Because I know the plant is going to say, oh, I'm kind of drowning, but but it has no choice. That fluid is moving through it. Um, And in a day it's down to one or two inches and then it's within uh, two or three more days, it's down to uh, uh, only two or three inches left in the bottom of the hydro bucket and then, it requires service again
0: one of the general advice that you hear every so often is talk about changing the reservoir every so often you hear about it should be done every seven days some people say you can do it 10 days everybody says you can do it 14 days you can do it so how often should the reservoir actually be changed
1: right so Again, this is, this, is, uh, this, is, this is a broad area of it, depending on how you're doing things for home growers right we don't want to no one wants to waste a lot of water. I mean that's a variable valuable resource, so we 're always trying to conserve everything we can um, And when I did grow in a recirculating system and I had that larger external reservoir, I found it I was more grudging to change that solution because there was more of it. The whole principle of recirculating is you 're using volume to Move. I mean, the, the the volume volume is what's moving through all the uh, uh, additional lines to move it through the tent and then back into the to the reservoir. So you need X amount of volume that is nutrient solution that is just there, simply mixed to make things move. Where in a in a single bucket, you only mix what you're going to use and it sits there. Um, so one to two weeks is when you should change your reservoir. If you're sterile, then uh, um. You know, there, it, there, there's more to it. Uh, you want new, new, you you want to change it, but it's more of a system of how to grow. It's understanding uh, a, a a recipe in which to uh, uh, when to add nutrients, when to add water, when to pump it out, and I say every single week. And the reason why I say that is it allows you. To refresh your plant, put everything back into parameters that they want to be in, uh, and then at the end of the week, completely flush your plant and get it ready for the week again. If that makes sense, and I can go into detail on that. I do online on our on our uh, IG page with some videos, but um, I'm happy to talk about that here as well. Yeah,
0: I mean they can they can always visit the IG page. To learn more about it in detail, I know we've got quite a few questions yeah. here to continue on to. So, if you want to learn yeah. more details about that in particular, what's your Instagram?
1: It's vis- it's Hydrobucket uh, or Visionary Hydroponics. We can be found on Instagram, yeah, and that's where we post a lot of uh, videos on. I call it the Week in the Garden, where I show uh, why I where how I pump out and what I do for my seven days in the garden. That repeats each week.
0: Okay, cool. pH. Let's talk about pH. pH is another hot topic. You know, there's a general range that people can stay within for pH? That's the pH of the water solution. Can you talk to us about pH? What's yeah. the ideal range, and so on and so forth?
1: Yeah. So pH is everything. pH is availability. So if you, many people have seen the the the, the scales. Uh, uh, essentially, if you are at, f- your your range is 5.5 to, f- to 6.5 in hy- hydroponics, in deep water culture hydroponics. Okay, let's just to be clear, because cocoa is hydroponics as well, and those are not the same pH ranges. So deep water culture hydroponics, you're 5.5 to 6.5. If you're in that range, your plant is not going to be stressed. It has availability to move water and function and availability to certain uh, 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 nutrients. So, if it if, if five point eight is ideal. If you're at five point eight, you have access to everything. Your plant has access to everything. If it goes below five point eight, you're going. You're not going to have access to the stuff that is. At the higher end of this of the scale at 6.5 just like if you go to 6.5 you're not going to have access to the stuff that's below 5.8 so you can float around i mean your plants the pl- plants know what to do they don't have to just be right there and if they're not there oh, oh, oh no if it's 5.5 to 6.5 it's good and we keep it in range as long as it's in range for four days then you have the ability to uh, 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 you know, check it and adjust it every four days. But you, you have to keep your pH in range, number one.
0: What are some of the best ways to stabilize the pH? From my understanding, if you have air stones in there, your pH could is more prone to drift. So what are some of the best ways that you can stabilize pH? Um, you know, I hear
1: this often is that it causes drift. And, um, you know, it, air stones in deep water culture, they're just part of deep water culture. They're always in there. Um, And I don't always fight with with pH drift. I think it's a combination of having nutrient solution that is well dissolved, having a happy environment um, uh, um, and not an environment that's too dynamic. I found I had more pH swing when I was in a recirculating system because I would have multiple plants, I would have multiple nooks and crannies, different things pulling. It just seemed like a more dynamic environment. I find when growing in individual deep water culture hydro buckets, um, I can stabilize it quite quickly if I really want to uh, because I have that nice access on the front of the hydro bucket. So I can... I can. I just use pH down. Really, is what I do. Uh, I found by using magnesium sulfate or sulfite, uh, uh when I when I before I when I start my mix of my fluid, and then I bring that high pH down uh, to five point eight before I add my beneficials. I find those two additives seem to stabilize with a good s- soluble. Uh, solution right good soluble fertilizer it has to be well so because because that's part of the problem I'm finding with certain uh, uh, things is if the solu if the solution is dynamic and it's not fully dissolved and you mix it and then you put it in with your plant now it's even more dynamic because the plant is up taking water the concentration of your solution could be it, it could be concentrating but if not everything is dissolved you have an addition to the, your fluid that's happening. So when you balance it once, maybe it's just the air is creating a good environment to dissolve what hasn't been dissolved yet, and so that la- that 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 addition of dissolved particles into the water needs more balancing. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I can really I can really balance my water and. It's good. It's once I once I make my notes and I get my uh, you know if it's a strain if it's a, a plant that I'm used to growing, um, uh, and I I, I I dial it in and I know the pH is in range, I won't even check it for four days. Let alone balance it each day. Right? It's just about using your uh, paying attention to stuff and 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 uh, uh, I, I really think uh, dissolving things well.
0: Gotcha. Now with pH, a lot of people talk about another measurement, PPM or EC. What should the PPM or EC range be during the different stages of growth? Right. So light,
1: um, you know, like so many people, when we grow, growers like to just push, push, push. And we're encouraged by so many packages, by nutrient manufacturers. But this isn't necessarily, uh, I think it's a misunderstanding. Um You can, you want to be in a vegetative state, uh, you know, in small plants and hydroponics, you, you're, you're only, they don't need much, you know, leafy greens. Uh, they're just after a bit of nitrogen. That is really what they're after. They don't have massive root systems. Um, uh, so you're under 400 parts per million 500 parts per million that 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 does a lot for seedlings and clones uh, under uh, once you're into a vegetative state where you're growing a plant that you really want it to get going um you you can go from you know uh uh if it's if it's bigger if it's bigger than a football uh, a basketball then then I think you can push something at that point uh if it's going to go from a basketball to, you know, two to three times its size, then that's a plant that could probably start getting up towards to a thousand parts per million of vegetative nutrients. If you're switching your plant to a bloom nutrient at that point, um, you can go anywhere from a thousand to 1500 parts per million. The 1500 parts per million that's on the, the manufacturer's bottle, that's for people who enrich. So they are correct in telling us, 1,000 to 1,500, but you have to understand that your plants need more when they're in a CO2 environment, they're going to use more. So that is what that reading is for. Most people, what I recommend when you start using a nutrient line is you start at half, whatever they say, go half. And, um, um, it's, it's easy to give your plants a little bit more, uh, uh, than, than uh, the other way. But uh, for the most part, if, you sh- if you're around a thousand four biggish plants, whether you're in veg or bloom, you're going you're gonna to be in a good space.
0: Okay. And then talking about water temperature, the water temperature is too low, you can run into problems. Temperature is too high, you could run into problems. What should the temperature be of the water?
1: Right. So the temperature should be 68 to 72. Uh, Fahrenheit uh, is what we're looking that's that's kind of the ideal range it can be lower it could be um, anywhere down to below 64 you're going to you're going to have slower growth once you get below 64 degrees and once you get above 76 degrees you're really risking uh, competition uh, uh, in there, and the reason for that is dissolved oxygen. When you have cold water, it holds oxygen. So that oxygen, the water is full of oxygen. It's it's very uh, uh, it's a very uh, happy, safe environment for for good microbes and and not for bad things. Uh, and, and as the water gets hotter and hotter. Uh, there's just not that much oxygen in it. Uh, that's why air stones are really important uh, to get them in there and just bubble, bubble, bubble in a, a, and keep that, that water cool. Um, but yeah, uh, you can be anywhere from 64, I'll say to 78 on the very high side of things. Um, but I recommend again, N- not a sterile system. If you're doing this, you're going to want to do enzymes uh, and, and certain additives to your, your grow because that, th- these enzymes inhibit the ability for root rot and things to come into your, your zone. So th- that's important, right? You're not going to get the same yield if you're growing at 78, but you're not going to lose your plants to root rot, there's a big difference there. You're still going to have a yield. And for some of us, maybe your summer yield is, is – is, you don't have as big of a yield in the summer because it's hot. And then you're going to rely on your bigger yields in the winter, right? So,
0: Okay. Yeah, that's actually my main concern. The reason why I haven't done DWC is, is controlling water temp. I mean, my natural you know house is like 80 degrees. So that's what my water temp would potentially be. Now, when you get into the high temps, you talked about, you know, root rot is one of the main things that people get when they're running into the high temps. You mentioned enzymes as a way to kind of help deal with that. Is there anything else that you can use to deal with root rot? I mean, I think hydrogen peroxide is something I've heard in the past. Is that true or.
1: You know, I, I think it's about not having a practice that doesn't allow it in the first place. And this is, this is where uh, you know we get into the conversation of why I just never went back to recirculating systems. Uh, I was sure I was going to, you know, I made a recirculating system, then I made a hydro bucket. Then I got the hydro buckets in my garden and I said, I, I got to hook this, these things up and I just never did. I just put another tent and put more hydro buckets and then another tent to put more hydro buckets. Because the hydro bucket allows me to control temperature and not use a chiller 24 seven. And, 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 and why that is, is, is that you add on the first day of the week, and then you add in your ideal temperature of water, right? So this is different than a, a recirculating system. If you were to add 68-degree water in a recirculating system, it's going to go up. It's pumping water. You have, multiple, you have one pump for sure, and it's pumping through a heat exchanger. Essentially, it's going through tubes that are in your hot environment, And then it's going into your your vessels your 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 plant containers and then it's draining out a drain line back to your external reservoir where it's picked up heat it's done its job Uh, so people will need a chiller because that water cannot go down it cannot stay at the same temperature it has to go up Uh, so we'll start we go from 68 and we start going up Uh, with a hydro bucket and the single deep water culture grow environment, you can sidestep that. So you can start with 68 degree water in a single deep water culture hydro bucket. And then in four days from when you first added your ideal solution, your parameters have been getting out of out of check. Your, your, your parts per million have been getting out of check, your, your, your uh, pH, and your temperature—they all been sliding away from optimum. But every four days, you get to top it up with cold water. So, again, it, you know, it, it, every four days we get to make it perfect. You don't get to do that with a recirculating system. You just have to make it good. I mean, you have to keep it ideal. Um, I, I, you know, they kick on and off, but you're using more water and you're picking up more heat. Whereas a hydro bucket, you're really not adding any heat in a in a in a, in a individual container right and so this allows us to i I still have a chiller but i only use my chiller for an hour pre-mix just to get my temperature of my solution to where i want it and that's only for three months a year the rest of the year i use a heater because my water's too cold right so so if i was in a recirculating system though i'd be using my chiller all the time i would never i rarely use a heater Uh, I would I would always be using the chiller. So that's just the difference. It's it's trying to portray the difference of of getting your optimum temperature, your optimum pH, your optimum parts per million, and then put it in your deep water culture environment. And it's good for four days. Mix up some some nice cold water, get it in there. It's good for another four days. Right. We don't need a chiller. Uh, We may even be able to manage this of just cold water out of your tap depends where you live. Right. So this always allows us to keep that temperature in check. Uh, So
0: gotcha. Let's get deeper into chiller because there was actually a lot of questions in regards to chillers. Can you talk to us about, you know, how many Watts is a typical chiller? I know it can get very expensive. Like you said, if you're running a RDWC and you're running that chiller 24 seven. Well, it can be pretty expensive there and it might not be worth it yes. for you. So how many Watts is a typical chiller? How much does it cost? And how do you calculate the size of the water chiller you need for your system?
1: Right. So, uh- a water chiller, you need a water chiller. If you're going to get a water chiller, you need a chiller and you need a pump to circulate that chiller. They don't come with their own pumps. So you need a secondary pump as well. And that's, I mean, that's hydroponics. There's pumps here and there, especially if it's recirculating. Uh, they're the ones here in Canada. They're based on horsepower, uh, but that equates what I'm looking at to, you know, anywhere from two to 400 Watts, you know, I think is what you're going to, you're going to have for a water chiller. So you know that's another light, right? You know if that's running on a regular basis to keep uh, more fluid uh, at a smaller temperature, that's that that could be another light. That could be another plant. Um, so uh, water chillers are necessary. Well, I don't know if they're necessary. Water temperature control is necessary, whether it's a heater or a water. Temperature, But a lot of people think just because you say deep water culture that you must have a, a chiller, right? And, and, and it's going to be an additional cost and it's going to be all these additional things. And that's where I say, you know, rethink individual deep water culture buckets because we get to turn that, 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 that chiller off. We get to, we get to save money in, in, a, in a lot of ways when getting away from a recirculating system.
0: Now with the chiller, will nutrient salts impact the life of a chiller? That's one of the viewer questions.
1: You know, I I think like anything, whether it's your pony pump or your anything, you want to flush everything out regardless, right? So um, how you do that in a recirculating system, yeah, I mean, um, I would say if you want your chiller to last a long time, Uh, you should probably disconnect it every once in a while, uh, and, and clean it, uh, you know, once or twice a week, just to, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, it's definitely not going to be great to have an internal system that never gets clean. That has a stalled accumulation. You're gonna have to do something.
0: Okay. And you mentioned the words flush. I want to talk about flushing the plant at the end of the cycle. So highly controversial topic for sure. Some people say you should flush your plants, which is basically, you know, in a hydroponic system, is you're you're removing the nutrient solution out of the system and just having plain water in there for a period of time, whether it be five days, some people say seven days, some people say 14 days. What's your take on flushing? Do you recommend people to to flush at the end of their cycle?
1: Yeah, in my experience, uh, I've had the best results um, in a well-rounded feeding program that ends with pure water. So we can call that a flush, or I think it's more important to put it this way. If you were to just pound nutrients into a plant and then simply flush it for two weeks, you're not going to get the same result as someone who fed it properly for the first three weeks Transition to something that was more appropriate for the next three weeks, and then for the final two weeks had another product and then for that last week went to just water um, that is that process is what gives a nice smooth, clean product at the end uh, with no bitterness or bad tastes or or anything like that um uh it, it, it's not so simple as just a straight up flush at the end that's the magic trick in my opinion there are some things that i that, that i can say about that time though which could confuse people uh, or just just make it more uh, uh just not clear is it, those last couple weeks if you're think about a tomato Think about a uh, a nectarine that gets to ripen on the tree, that gets to ripen on the plant. When you walk up to something and you pick it off and it's been ripe, tree ripened, and you pick it off and it doesn't have to ripen on the way. It doesn't have to cure and ripen, you, you, you know, it's, it's really got to stay on as long as possible. Um, there's something to be said with certain strains and how you grow in allowing your plant to mature when it's not under pressure. You know, it, 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 it only can do what it can do at certain stages. So pounding it with nutrients and then just giving it a flush at the end isn't, isn't, isn't going to do it. Um, uh, it, 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 you, you, draw it out properly through all the, the portions of it, but then if you don't flush versus you flush, for me, it's more of a ripening process, right? You, 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 you could have that week or two, um, that, that just creates, a, um, that speak, people speak, speak to a smoother flavor or this and that, um, I don't know.
0: Flavor is something that I was going to bring up next. I mean, there's some people who swear by growing in soil, growing organically, that the flavor is going to be much better than growing hydroponically, you know? And then there's hydroponic growers that say you're going to get the best flavor in the world, growing hydroponics. Exactly. Uh, what's your take on that hydro flavor growing hydroponically, the flavor versus growing in soil? the flavor you get. I
1: wish I could experience both on a side by side basis, because I love science and I love knowing the truth. The truth that I do know is if you are hydro and you crush it, you're going to blow doors off. People are going to say, wow, that's amazing. If you're in living soil and you crush it, people are going to go, wow, that's amazing. You know, that, that, that's what's going to happen. In my personal experience, when you're in living soil, um you know it, I've had some living soil uh, 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 stuff that has, has just been so flavorful and 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 such a great experience um, but and I think it translates when you're straight up after um you know not oils and stuff but uh, 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 you know uh, organic product um, that's a nice way to grow but but there's there's also the Component. When you're talking about de- hydroponics, you have full control, right? We're talking about a couple things where you know you got a couple topics there. It happens, with leaving it to nature or taking full control, or you know, uh, hydroponics. We have full control, so we can really make it do exactly what I want it to. We can give it everything it needs. This is what I like to say. I like to give it everything it needs to give. Let it do what it wants to do at its full potential, and that's kind of a similar. You know, mantra of of, of organic soil. Um, what I do know for sure is we grow for what's on the organics, not ju- the organics. We specifically have strains that are for uh, washing that, and so we know that the expression of what we do uh, and what we create as our final product uh, is f- fantastic. And I'll put that up against anybody growing in anything. That being said, if someone has done their best to grow some amazing organic product for consumption, um, you know it, uh, 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 there may be something to make that better yeah, it, it, in flower. But I can't speak to it, right? I, I I I really think it's um um it's a big conversation, and I say it's about what works best for the individual for growing. If, if, if you grow and you grow what grows well for you and, and you have a good successful product in the end, that's a success and it doesn't matter what, what you used, right? And the top growers in the different categories are all going to have a wow product. Every one of them, right? So it, it really, until the science comes out, until I could have more information, um, you know, I'm going to say grow it all.
0: Well said. So we have a lot of new folks that tune into my channel and they're either just starting out in DWC or they're about to start out in DWC. What advice do you have for someone who is brand new to growing hydroponically?
1: Don't be intimidated with it and do it. Um, Go out and get a single hydro bucket. You know th- th- this is the thing is uh, people people are intimidated by hydroponics, rightfully so. They think that they need a chiller. They think they need a DIY and a drill. Or they think they need pumps and pressure, and they're going to flood their house. There's so many things that turn people off hydroponics, uh, and then say, uh, or it's a price tag. You know, all those things disappear if you just have fifteen hundred bucks. You could take roll into with fifteen hundred dollars, and and it's real simple, and you're going to crush it. So. I tell people get the, we have a product that allows you to just try hydroponics without a big bill, right? You can get into a hydro bucket, net pot, uh, 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 hydroton, you know, airstone air pump. There's packages for under a hundred dollars. You take it home and you get to just try deep water culture. And why I say it's not for advanced growers. It's for new growers is because it takes the grower out of the equation. How many times have you ever overwatered a plant or underwatered a plant? When you grow in deep water culture, that doesn't exist. There's no watering. You literally fill it up, you mix it, fill it up, and it's good. It has everything it needs. That's why deep water culture grows so fast. Deep water culture will grow in vegetative state 30% faster. So that's a significant difference. When you're talking about dollars and cents on large scales, when you're talking about production is 30% faster. Is that an extra crop? Um, there's a lot of things that happen with, uh, 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 with that, but why I think deep water culture works really, really well for new growers is that you it's, you get to mix it, you get to put it in and then it just has what it needs. You're not going to water. And you're going to have lifestyle as well. That was a big thing for me. You're going to be able to leave for a couple days and come back and your plant's just sitting there growing. And you can, you can conveniently check the parts per million, the temperature and the, uh, the uh, pH. And if it's good, you're good for another couple of days. You just leave. And when it comes back, so it has everything it needs. You are just there to give it what it needs. And when you do that, it goes crazy. Deep water culture grows like nothing else. Um, so you just have to manage yourself. So just don't be intimidated. Just get, uh, uh, get get your gear and try one plant. And I hear there's no going back.
0: Great stuff for sure. Yeah, you. The way you said it there, and then what you've said so far within this episode. I mean, you you make me a little bit more confident to try it out. You know what I mean? Like I mentioned that I did have concerns. I think most of them have kind of been addressed, at least the way you explain it with the hydro bucket in particular, not running the RDWC with a reservoir and how it is, can be a little bit more beneficial in some ways, just doing DWC with the hydro bucket. So I might have to give it a try. Just might have to do that. So wrapping things up, how can the listeners find you and what do you have upcoming in the future? Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: Um, so we have uh, you can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on IG. Most of the stuff in the garden, I is uh, IG is is my main platform. That's where I share, and then we get that from there onto Facebook, and then we are. Uh, you know, trying to give uh, YouTube some more love. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. We have a website, visionaryhydro.ca. Uh, we're going to be updating our website. It's, uh, 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 it could be polished. It's not great, but uh, we're available uh, uh, to, for purchase on our website. We're available for purchase on Amazon and lots of retailers around. Uh, and we are trying to make a presence everywhere we can. Uh, uh, Toronto lift. Uh, expo coming up, um, we're going to have that. Uh, if we can make it down to Vegas, we will. We don't know if this is going to be the year for that, uh, but then next year definitely we're going to be looking at doing more. Uh, you know, all the big trade shows if we can, uh, and uh, uh, any cups or anything like that next year. Um, you know, we hope to attend all of those in in big fashion.
0: Awesome, good stuff there. Well, I will provide a link to Mitchell's channel down in the description section below. If you enjoyed this video, click that thumbs up button. I know there's a lot of things that we didn't get to. Like there's some questions I had to skip over. Did we miss anything? Let us know down in the comment section below. And do you have any tips or tricks? What's your style? What do you do to kind of make the process a little bit easier? Let us know down in the comment section below. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, release new episodes every single weekend. Usually it's on Saturdays, sometimes it's on Sundays. If you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review, creeping up towards 200 ratings and reviews. So if we can get there by the end of the year, I would be stoked. Thank you to everyone who has left a rating and review so far. Mitchell, thank you so much for coming on to the channel today, coming on to this episode. There's a lot of people that are really going to benefit from from this information. So thank you so much for your time. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I could sit around and talk growing all day and i just really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and, and other grower so
0: awesome all right have a good one